Hey everyone, this is Dan with the Spiritual Underground Podcast. Under the weather a little bit here lately. Uh, hopefully to shake this stuff off, but uh, still have uh, podcasts to do and uh, and life to live. Um, if you're just bumping across this podcast, it's primarily 12-step recovery-based podcast. Uh, if, if you've had enough, if that's getting you down, you have found the right place to be. Uh, 12-step spiritual recovery is a group of men and women who deliver the 12-step tools to anyone, not just alcoholics and addicts and the rest of the other hundred or so fellowships that use the 12 steps. Uh, <clears throat> we like to say recovery for all. You can go to 12stepspiritualrecovery.com, all spelled out, and uh, see the meeting schedule. You can join us on Zoom. And 12-Step Spiritual Recovery by James Christopher Cohn can be found on Amazon. So check that out, too. Uh, had a couple guests come in. You know, I've been getting quite a few requests from uh, folks outside of uh, my circle. Um, people who are a force for the good. And uh, Elizabeth and Freddie are a couple who... Uh, who help improve your sex life and uh who can't who can't want that right and uh, as i say in the podcast a couple times i think it's just uh terribly brave of bill to uh look into a sex inventory back in the 30s when uh they were developing the 12 steps uh, when it was such a taboo subject and but it is uh our our sex life does have such an impact on on our daily walk so we will uh get right to it you're gonna hear a little bit of intro on it but uh i'm going to uh turn you on to uh elsbeth and freddie so just to give you a little bit of background i uh, don't know how much you know about my podcast but i am in recovery I was a, a dopehead and alcoholic for too many years, and uh, and in January it will make nine that I have not been. Wow, and, uh, be nice because you look none the worse for wear, man. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you, and uh, and uh, <clears throat> majority of my podcast is twelve uh, step stories on people getting well through using twelve steps, but I also like to have mix in some people who also uh, have other things uh life happens right and and to have uh ways to continue to uh bill wilson and uh alcoholics anonymous podcast uh alcoholics anonymous big book is what we call it talks about enlarging our spiritual life mm. and uh i like to invite guests that do that or you know have guests on that do that and it sounds like uh well i don't want to get ahead of myself too much but um our our intimacy in our sex life is a big piece of that it really is and and bill in 1939 made uh a part of his inventory that we do on ourselves uh included a sexual inventory which i thought was super forward thinking back in that time because you did not talk you know you, you did it like rabbits but you didn't you didn't talk about it and uh and and the fact of the matter is it's a big piece of uh of of what we do to what we do in life you know whether if it's been um bad or good or 
can have a huge uh, effect on your on your countenance. Uh, it's, it's a piece of life. So, um, so I like to have people come in and talk about other things rather than my twelve step stories. That is my baseline thing. Mix it up a little bit. Yep. Cool. Yeah, and of course, also Dan, uh, we can support this today in the conversation. The you know recovery is all about coming back to wholeness mm-hmm. and the wholeness of the physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual being. And so, what we bring today is so you know really supports that so much. We all have our you know smaller or bigger addictions. None of us is actually exempt. It's mm. an illusion that some do and some don't. Yeah. And so the bigger question then is how can we connect with our life force to fuel and to embellish who we are becoming? And so in yeah. that sense, it's also in your podcast description. You know, you have something about the juicy, the juicy. Right about the juice in life. Yeah. 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 Hooking up with that juice in your life so that you can uh, make the most of your trip on this big blue marble. Big blue marble. I like that. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excuse that, me. And it's all about aliveness. You know, we can live life like as if we were already dead or, you know, pacified, or we can live life in an alive you know, vital way. Yeah. Yep. Um, that's, uh, you know, uh, the whole word recovery, I've looked up some definitions of it. And um, my favorite is to regain that which was lost or stolen. Uh, and in life, that just seems to be part of the deal is, uh, and I almost think that's the, uh, maybe a, a baseline piece of life is that you're going to go through struggles and you're going to give yourself away and you're going to detach from yourself and you're going to do things in order to, to, to survive. And in this recovery thing, it is reattaching to that. It is, is reaching for the real me, yeah. the soul, the spirit, the essence that is Dan, that there's not another one in the world like me. Uh, and and getting back attached to me so that I can I can move forward in a life uh, of being Dan. And then uh, subsequent to that is also my next mission is, is to help people do the same thing mm-hmm. because uh, it just seems to uh, it just I don't know. It almost seems like the uh, what was it? Um, dang it. I've lost his name. The hero's journey. Uh, yes. Yeah. Campbell. Uh, that our 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 job is here is to come out and defeat our dragon and mm-hmm. teach other people how to defeat uh, the same dragon we defeated. Yeah, yeah, like you say, we all kind of come from the same cloth, you know, searching to find our happiness and, and be safe and feel love. And, uh, you know, to, like you're doing, creating a space for people to come to themselves. You know, you're just over, offering a space, you know, so step on in. So thank you, man, for your platform. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I uh, uh, <clears throat> the majority of my life force today goes in that direction since I've gotten sober, and I and I first 
I first walked into 12 step recovery in 2011 and it was in a very self-centered manner. You know, I just wanted to get my own stuff back on track and I thought I could do it my way. And, uh, and I spent four years, uh, I say, uh, banging against the halls and walls of AA, uh, mm-hmm. trying to do that. And I had a man tell me that, uh, and it's kind of funny because I actually have, I bought it more, more of just, but, uh, I have a crystal ball today yeah. and, and, and that man that talked to me that day, uh, saw through me. He saw that I was just playing games with, uh, with the thing. And, and one of the things he said was, uh, um, I think Dan, you're going to end up in jail or dead until you start beginning to take this thing seriously. Mm. And, and I can, I still remember that. And I still, and he was pretty close to right because I faced, uh, I cut myself in some trouble and I faced six to 20 years in the Indiana department of corrections as a result of my continuing to use, I was breaking in houses, stealing pain pills and yeah. doing whatever I could do to, to support my habit. Mm. And, um, and today I have my own crystal ball because I have recovered and I have, uh, moved forward in life and you can kind of see people and, and, uh, a lot of people out there are suffering. They're, they're they don't know where to turn. They don't know, um, yeah. how to like you've done made up to make up their mind and they get to the end of the road and it's like do or die and they settle in and, you know, follow the rules and of, of how this, your program is laid out then they're ready to take on more, you know, uh, because at whatever level one is, they're doing the same process. You know, we work with people all the time in what we do, and they come into our work and they have an intention of what they want to create in their life, whether it's a relationship or a job that they love or a place that's inspiring to them to live. And coming from that, there's nobody out there but ourselves creating our life. It's really starting to get learning how to get out of our own way. So our, our work is about developing what we call this witness process. Okay. That's true. I like that. And into the conversation. We're in the, we're in the conversation right now. I know. Oh, we are in the, oh, you are already. He's recording. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. We're recording. I, I, I have learned over my podcasting career that you hit the record button quick. Uh, because if we sit around chit chat, we'll miss some of that. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay. Wonderful. We wanted to ask you, if and I sent you this in the email this morning, if we could share with the audience towards the end of the conversation a gift, which Absolutely. is called uh, the an introduction to sexual meditation, so that people can out of this out of this conversation that you know opens things up for people that they then can go to that video class and learn the actual practices that we are alluding to in our conversation with you. So it has more impact for them and brings it into their own life. It's right. not just a conversation that sounds interesting, but what am I going to do now? You know, unless we put it into practice or take the first step uh, in practice, you know, then it just stays like an intellectual understanding. Yes, and I do have the email right in front of me, and uh, definitely we'll be sharing that with it. Um, Great. Thank you. As I have a, a, you know, 
I, I, I take a broad swipe when Bill says in an alcoholics anonymous book to continue to enlarge your spiritual life, you know, because I, I, at first, when I first come here, I thought it was talking about religion, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I realized, and that's off putting, that's probably the biggest hurdle to people moving into something. Um, I, I, I realized and I had a teacher that made me understand that it's really about the spirit that's inside of me, that that's the spirit I'm trying to enlarge upon. And, uh, and that's why when I, I saw what you guys were bringing to the table, it, it, it felt right for, for our podcast and our listeners. Yeah, we, we don't come from any dogma, religious dogma. We go right to the spirit part, you know, and anybody in a body can get that because we're all coming from the same place there. Um, so, oh, yeah. So anyway, we've had our institute here in Chicago for 22, 23 years now, Tantra Nova Institute working and teaching people, couples and singles all over the world, how to employ sexual meditation as a way to get out of our own way, as I mentioned earlier, and see what we don't see about what we're doing to create what we're getting to begin to move with graces and flow towards that thing we most deeply desire. And uh, we can get into the nuts and bolts, of, if you excuse the pun, the nuts and bolts of. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> as we yeah, let's get into it. Uh, you know, um Again, uh, in my teaching, sex is a huge thing of of being a, a human being, and 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 not getting needs met. And there's another thing that I know for a fact that, and you said sexual meditation, and I don't know what you're talking about exactly right there, but I do know that I coach my people, and I have personally uh, experienced it that just flat out meditation with my partner is a magical thing. If you can just sit and meditate with, uh, I learned to meditate in a group to begin with. Uh, and I, and I felt the power and, and what, what's behind that. Yeah. You tuned into your spirit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So you so want you to us just keep going. Yeah. Just yeah. keep on rolling. Let me, let me, let me dump out your brains. Oh, all right. So um, we could introduce ourselves. Okay. That'd be good. Sorry. Okay. I'll I'll take it from there. Uh, So, yeah. So, Dan, I was first introduced to a... Your name. Do you want to do this or you want me to do this? My name is Dan and I'm an alcoholic. (laughs) My name is Freddie Zintal Weaver and I'm a tall, thin black man. I live in Chicago and I've been working with my partner and beloved and wife here for the last 22 years, running and working with people doing Tantra Nova practices in seminars, individuals with couples and singles. I was first introduced to these uh, practices that we teach, a core curriculum of it. When I was 13 years old, I was living in Hawaii, going through my puberty spending a lot of time in the shower, <laughs> as a lot of guys do at that age. And my father at the time, I was lucky to have somehow created him as my father. He was a practicing psychiatrist and uh, gave me a book to read on how to integrate sex and meditation. Wow. Mm, wow. Loved it. My girlfriend loved it. Uh, and more than that, though, I had this dream, this hope, this wish to go on to college on athletic scholarship, but didn't believe that I could get the recognition or the skills or training in living in Hawaii. Well, the practices assisted me in getting out of that and shifting that belief to move towards that thing that I wanted. I went on to college on athletic scholarship. Not that I didn't do everything that everybody else would do to do that. It's just it wasn't suffering. It wasn't with disbelief. It was belief and it was ease and flow and it all came. 
After college, I kept doing these practices and uh, exercises uh, in my personal life and, and applying them in my relationships and going to workshops and reading books. I was in the software business for a long time in San Francisco, and it was fun when I started, but after about 15 years, it was just a job. So looking for what I knew about being in, in, enrolled and in, engaged and in, enlivened in, in my own life, and uh, I was looking for an opportunity to move from San Francisco. And so something opened up in Chicago. I'd never lived here before. So it was a new city and gone to college with some guys and played ball with some guys uh, from Chicago. So the company hired me moving here. That's 22 years ago. I'm still in the software business. Looking, <laughs> looking for a, a shock to a female okay. corporate partner and Elsbeth showed up. And she was on her own tactic journey, she'll tell you about what we, we met. And six months to the day we met, we pooled our resources and created this work. And we both left our respective businesses. And this is all we've been doing for the last 22 years, books, books television, uh, and so on. And it's the greatest uh, gift that I could give to myself and to the world in terms of the best thing that I could be doing to make a difference in people's lives in my own life. Yeah, I, I totally understand that. Uh, once I once I latched on to, uh, you know, and, and it's a little humbling to say it, but to latch on to this power within helping other people, uh, I don't know if there's any power any greater than that. When you when you have this opportunity, you, know, you think that you're working, you're making money, you're doing the things that you did in your software business and all that, and, and there's a little piece of that that's helping people because they're getting what you're doing but when you start focusing really on helping people get better uh there's nothing that raises my my vibration more than that and man i hope i do not elsbeth is that the way it's because i thought that when i first saw it i thought there might be an eye missing in the in the five in the in the email you totally got it man it's perfect cool so sorry for coughing over here hey that's part of the human condition too we get sick and we get stuff happens to us oh so yeah so my name is Elspeth Moid but my story then is quite different from Freddie's I wish I would have had a dad who would have given me a book on sex consciousness when I was a 13 year old yeah from it I'm one of 10 children and uh, grew up with a very strict dad. And as you can tell, probably from my accent, I didn't grow up here in the United States. I was born and raised in Germany and then came to the United States in my late 20s uh, for postgraduate work in music. And uh, then a few years later, I moved on to get my doctorate in education. And then I moved into management consulting. And so that was in the 90s. I hadn't uh, gotten really good at consulting. However, I was really despaired in relationship, intimate relationship. I had this pattern of attracting unavailable men. Mm. And while that was quite exciting at certain moments, most of the time I was alone. And there was a time... Uh, a very vivid time I can remember when I, you know, noticed that if I was not going to change that trajectory of attracting an availability, I would end up without lasting intimacy uh, in my life before I would leave this planet. And I didn't want to settle for that. 
So I put myself on a path, delved first deeply into meditation practice, and then um, into learning and studying Tantra as a discipline, not just as, you know, reading a book here or there. So really immersed myself in the Tantric practice and the Tantric healing. And it was quite life-changing for me. Because what opened up for me through that healing, through that immersion, was that I discovered that I had held distrust towards men. And while I was not aware of, and if you had known me at the time, 25 years ago, you would not have called me a distrusting bitch. I mean, I was charming. I was reeling the guys in. I was inviting. But underneath, you know, in the subconscious, there was something that was not visible to my conscious mind. So I didn't see anything, you know. All I saw was the result I got of unavailability. And so... It harkened back this whole, um, you know, opening to a time that I was reminded of in the healing ritual of the tantric practice uh, when I was 18 years old. First boyfriend, first love. We had a very blissful relationship. And then one day he asked me to have intercourse. And I said, yes, although I was not ready. Mm. And it was freakingly painful. And then I had to go to the gynecologist. And the bill uh, from the gynecologist went to my house. My dad mm. opened it. And all hell broke loose. You can imagine. Yeah. With my strict dad. <laughs> and he called me a whore. <clears throat> oh, wow. And then a few weeks later, the boyfriend left the relationship. Mm. And there I was all by myself, alone, no soul to turn to. (laughs) And at that moment, I made a decision. You know, it's this kind of decision that we make in the moment when we need to cope with something. So this is not a conscious decision, but something that just has us at that moment, which was for me, see Elspeth, men are not there for you when you need them. And while that was so at that time, this decision trailed me into my young adulthood, and then into my adulthood. And no wonder that I attracted an availability, because that was further proof to see Elspeth Men are not there when you really need them. You know, these unavailable men were there for certain moments, but most of the time they weren't. So what opened up instead through that tantric healing was deeper trust in myself and then deeper trust in men in general. And then six months later, Freddy Centaur came into my life. And, you know, I believe I would not have recognized him as a potential partner. I mean, I would have seen him. You know, he's tall, he's black. He told you uh, a moment ago, he's a tall black man, handsome, all of that. But as a potential partner, 
if I had not done my work around that availability issue, I would not have recognized him because he was available. And if I had not done that unavailability work, there wouldn't have been that, you know, yeah. attraction. Right. That's a great story because it really illustrates kind of what we all do in terms of these these decided uh, you know experiences that we have in our life. So in the surface, you really wanted to be in relationship, but in the background, unconscious to your awareness, you were wanting to be right about there's no available men because that was an intense situation when you were young. Yeah, yeah, you block it. Yeah, block uh, it. Uh, unconsciously. So the work that we do with working with sexual meditation, as you said, meditation is powerful in its on its own. But when you're in when we're in a sexual state, whether we're doing consciousness work or not, we're in an altered state of consciousness. We have more endorphins, serotonin, oxytocin, the feel good hormones are flowing. We're more loving, open, vulnerable, receptive. Now, when you work with it the way we're sharing in terms of meditation, there's breath awareness practices that we teach. There's energetic awareness practices that we teach. And there's intention in a meditation, sexual meditation. Like I want to create a lasting relationship, for instance, for Elspeth. So in that altered state, in that vulnerable, altered, intimate state, we are more receptive to what we don't see running in the background. Oh, I've been looking for unavailability to be right. About. That shows up as an experience, not just a story or analytical analysis. And so that's what we've seen for people who have come to this work, whether they're big meditators or familiar or not. They just do what we ask them to do and through a three-day workshop and they get results because this altered state, it's like, it's like drugs are an altered state. And oftentimes, as you can probably talk about, Dan, we all can, that, you know, we drink or do drugs to get away from a headache or a tough day or something we don't see running in the background around something that is disease for us. It's like it's a, a diseaseness, you know? Uh, and so using sexual meditation in that altered state consciously we can use it in a conscious way to get past a lot of things we don't see yeah and that's new for people because they think oh well forever we've been procreating that's what you do create life in the last hundred or so years recreating with the development of contraceptives and what we're teaching is how to co-create with this intelligent yeah energy yeah. let's build a little bit further on you know that we make a distinction between sex and sexual energy Sex is the act. Sexual energy is the life force. Of course, that life force is involved in having sex, no question. But this uh, act of sex is just one dimension of this. This is not the whole thing. And, um, and then, of course, also, like when we speak about sex, we often focus very much on the physical right you know which is wonderful however again it's just the first level so what about connecting my sex with my heart consciously you know i mean we speak of falling in love particularly for women once they had sex with a guy they get confused because they think it's it's all love you know and it may be i'm not saying it couldn't but women are more connected between the heart and their sex than men necessarily and there's nothing good or bad about it it's just also in the tantric practice and the sexual meditation really leads a man to integrate his sex with his heart 
So the physical sexual with the love and the heart energy. So, and in our work, we really work with four dimensions that we all call different levels of intimacy. So back to the sexual physical intimacy, then there's emotional intimacy. Let's say here, there's mental intimacy and there's spiritual universal, you know, like cosmic intimacy. And the beauty of the tantric practice, and perhaps we should mention that for people, you know what Tantra is. We mention it here so like everybody knows what we are talking about. Tantra is a form of yoga that is based in the energetic body. Unlike Hatha yoga or the yoga we are familiar with in the West, which is based in the physical body. Right. They have both the origins in or the origins in East India. So however we focus on the yoga of the energetic body. And what is more energetic than sexual life was energy that has brought us into this life. Without it, we wouldn't be speaking here. Yeah. So <laughs> and so what what we can glance from Tantra is how we can be, become aware of that life force because it runs through us just like blood runs through us. As we are not aware of our blood flow, we are not aware of our energy flow. So just for the audience, as, as the veins and the arteries are the grid for blood flow, the nervous system is the grid for energy flow. So then we want to become more aware of our nervous system in sense, in the sense of our sensations. Because like, you know, when we say, oh, I, I'm tickly or it, I'm tickling all over. Or even when I feel hot or cold, you know, or like, oh, when you touch me, it feels like electricity. That is what I'm talking about. That is how energy shows up in the human being, how we experience it. Yeah. And then it can show up in higher gradation, you know, from just like a, a, a energy wow, flow, like sitting here and listening and speaking to then can be going high to a climax, a sexual climax. <laughs> <laughs> or an ejaculatory moment, you know. So in that sense, it's like we can learn to play that energy like we learn to play a flute with different gradations, different levels, different, and then dwell on the different levels. And that expands the awareness and that expands the connection of our sexual, emotional, mental, and spiritual self. Yeah, I get that completely. I know that, you know, there's been times when I've been with people where I didn't feel that tingling and and it just wasn't there for whatever reason. Who knows? But there's been also those times when I've been with somebody that like it is uh, hair raising. Every hair on my body feels like it's it's uh, uh, standing on end. 
and and I and I just want more of that. You know, there's something that draws me towards that feeling. Um, you know, and that same listening can be evolved to listening and feeling the frequency and the vibration of our dreams and of what we want to create in our life. So once we start bringing consciousness in the sexual area as a meditation, the kernel, the, the foundations of that energy, creativity and pleasure, start showing up in areas of life that seem completely unrelated to sex in the simple process of living. So when I bring consciousness in, in, in a meditative aware state in that sexual intimacy, if I'm out in my world and I go, well, you know, I hate my job 30 more years to retirement, that that thought has a cascading effect on my sensations. As you said, the hair on my my uh, my my body, the, the the feeling in my heart, you know, how, how my energy levels. So when I'm starting to listen to, to that fine kind of listening, I wouldn't even say that because that just is a cascading negative effect. So that's what I mean. So things shift, not just in the bedroom, but everywhere. I mean, colors seem brighter. Languages seem more, uh, you know, defined. Um, we just listen to what we're thinking more acutely. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Getting in tune with uh, whether if it's a higher consciousness or higher power or whatever that that I, I have have found that I can I can harness. And, yeah. Um, I'm a handyman. I oh. go around and work on people's houses and fix their stuff wow. and I can walk up to the door and know I can trust my own intuition and my feelings about whether if this is going to be, I hate to say it, but if this is going to be a difficult person yeah. or if this is going to be in within seconds. Yes. I can, I can re rely on that, on that intuition to know what, what I'm walking into. Yeah. I can do the same thing in relationship too or friendships, you know, whatever it happens to be. Uh, <clears throat> I don't really, um, it's a funny thing to, well, in this 12-step world, there are people who are not going to get well. Hmm. There just are. And uh, whatever's happened, I have some intuition on that, and I hate it to some extent, you know, that I'm like, I don't think this guy's going to get better. Yeah, and and it will cause me to put some distance between them because if, uh, if you hang around these circles long enough, what happens is uh, I got a handful of guys who have died, right? Yeah. They they and and I don't want to get too close to them because I don't want to pain. Yeah, you know, so as, you choose your path. You have an offering that you have. It's like you like you. I don't say help people. I say offer. It's like you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. So those folks who are willing to come in your doors and want to do something for themselves, come on in. But those who want to just destroy and keep destroy, let them be. Yep. 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 And uh, there's a little bit of a, hmm, I don't know, a stigma around that says, you know, that you ought to give everybody your most. And I have a filter where I know where to uh, affect my energy yeah. to the best uh, and, 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 and where I should uh save my energy and not put it in that direction right and that's that's totally legitimate and and you know very noble and you know not, that's great you know it's not you're not doing anything negative there i would say yeah yeah yeah, yeah. me me neither uh I, i'm okay with it uh, yeah. yeah that's the key um okay. so that's what we've been doing yeah so <laughs> let's let's further build on that let's do that integration 
Yeah, because um, we spoke early uh, in the conversation about the reintegration or the returning to wholeness, you know, that, that recovery is all about that. Because when we feel whole, we feel well. We are, are ourselves and we can really use that, what we are equipped with, our physical being, our emotional capacities, you know, our creative um, uh, spark, we can uh, then use that more fully than being preoccupied with some, um, you know, regressive behavior or being uh, just feeling not well, be that physical uh, dis-ease or mental dis-ease. And so, and so in the tantric practice, what I mentioned earlier, the physical, sexual, emotional, mental, and spiritual dimensions, that this is what we get to explore into. And of course, on the journey, we discover where we may have blocks, where we may have resistance, where we may have fears, where we may have numbed out, you know, and awaken ourselves on on all of these levels, in all of these dimensions. Sometimes that may bring things up from, you know, sexual abuse, physical abuse or emotional abuse from our childhood or it may bring up um, unresolved uh, matters of a relationship sometimes even when a partner may have passed away you know that that completion hasn't been made for the one who stayed left here on this planet and so to bring healing to that, whatever is not in balance, that is related to our intimate self, not just sexually intimate self, but like, you know, losing a partner in life, a spouse or a loved one that can bring up, you know, great grief and loss and to heal from that. And uh, so, so you know, sometimes people come, could be a man or a woman, come to us where this happened, you know, that they had a loss of a partner in their life. And then that they create a possibility for themselves through the work of where they can let go and not let go only in terms of from their mental understanding, but from the grief from their heart and their grief from their body. And given that the tantric practice is such an integrated practice where we touch into the physical body, into the energetic body, into the emotional body and the mental body all at once, you know, so the whole being can be cleansed and cleared and freed. So that they can come back to a new aliveness and then create, you know, if they want to bring a new partner into their life, wonderful. Often it's just connecting with their beloved within. 
you know, and to have that freedom. Yeah, I like that. Um, I lo- uh, another, I like to think of a lot of analogies on where, like, our our being is like a hard drive, just like this computer is. And when life experiences, they attach to that hard drive. And now and again, I need to defrag that thing and get the negative stuff either moved to the side or discarded. And uh, everything in life that I experience is going to leave that little footprint on me. And I happen to have a, you know, you used to talk about that. I have a dear friend. Uh, we have a program here in Louisville, Kentucky, where we are offering the 12 steps to everyone, not mm-hmm. just alcoholics and addicts. You can just be, uh, what I like to say, do you have room for more in your life? Do you need to <laughs> cleanse your yeah. soul? And, um, and we do that, and we've also kind of uh, in the beginning, it was a bunch of guys who started it. And typical twelve step recovery, you kind of don't sponsor across gender lines for obvious reasons. It just causes some complications. But uh, I have a gal that I had sponsored and have sponsored since uh, for almost five years now, um, and she just this past year lost her husband. And he's uh was forty five or forty six, lost her husband to cancer, you know, and to watch that grief and to 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 try and be the, you know, hell, I don't know how to do that, right? You know, I don't <laughs> I don't know how to do the role that I've been assigned, but um I hear a lot, you know, it just instantly made me think of her on uh on the loss of of a loved one and, and like how do you re- you know, we my podcast about recovery. No. How do you recover from that? Because as a forty-five-year-old gal, uh, there's plenty of time left. Yeah, mm-hmm. ideally, yeah. And well, it's essential to to heal that. It may take two or three or four years. I mean, it doesn't necessarily happen quickly for mm-hmm. some, or for some longer. And to to heal that. Because the the opening to another soul fully is only available if one's own soul has healed from the past. So yeah, it's very essential. Yeah, and it's it's important for people to go through the grieving process, you know. And at some point, you can make a decision to, you know, leave the grieving to get on with your life and remember those who've gone on ahead. Because I never say dead; it's gone on ahead. Because we all got to go that way. Yeah, so, that's why I like to the next adventure, whatever yeah, that is. Exactly, whatever that is, next adventure. I love that. I don't know what it is, but I, I fully believe that. That's true. And, you know, like you were saying earlier, Dan, you know, we everything has a little imprint. So we start out with this, you know, infinite possibility, infinite potential. You know, we're born, we're in the womb, and it's womb yeah, circle. It's clean slate. You know, there's nothing's been on it yet. Nothing's been on it. And then suddenly we're born. We're, you know, bright lights whacked on the bottom. Some guys are getting their wee-wees cut. And you're thinking, send me back. And then you have all this stuff that happens. You know, your family you're born into, the neighborhood, all the, the variable things, the good days, bad days, sunny days, money days, no money days. And then you get to a point in your life where it's like all that stuff is where you're looking into the world from. But the good news is we have and what connects us to this universe that goes on forever is our imagination. This capacity to imagine, dream, visualize something that's never been before in your life. And that's that's our lineage. I mean, that that infinite universal, you know, thinking that consciousness is our lineage. 
So the process to do it in these carbon unit physical forms is learning to be a curious witness of this place we look into the world from to begin to flatten and be with all the stuff that comes up, like when she has the grief that comes up and the sadness that comes up, to have a way to be able, and we teach those practices of getting to the breath, allowing that to be, crying, being sad, and then- Feeling your feelings. And then move on, exactly. And that's what happens as we start to get distance as we develop what we call this witness state of mind. And we can give your audience a little example of what we're talking about there and a little practice, a short practice, if you're willing. Oh, yes. Yeah, I, I meant uh, actually uh, my notepad got away from me, but I heard you use that word witness. Yes. And I like that. So the witness state of mind is where we are just watching the thoughts without what we call the cascading effect of the thought. So I'm in traffic and now it's the traffic, this damn traffic, and I'm pissed off and I'm anxious and my heart's racing and I'm sweaty. And OK, that from the thought about the traffic. Now, when I let go of that, this is just these are just cars in the road and I'm doing what I need to do to get where I need to go. Guess what goes away? All of the anxiety, all the upset, all of the make wrong, all of that story making. So the witness is being able to watch the thinking and the thinking doesn't stop, but we can learn to watch it without the total felt sense of the thought. Mm -hmm. And so one of the ways to begin to do that is this practice I'm going to share with your audience right now. So if we're willing, this will only take a minute or less. Okay. Absolutely. Everyone who's listening, if we could just sit up as straight as we're comfortable being on top of our sit bones, great. And your eyes can be open, closed, or soft focus. If you can put a hand on your belly, and there's a particular way I want you to breathe. So as you breathe in, as this is through the nose, breathe in and extend the diaphragm or the belly into your hand like a big balloon on your inhalation. So really feel your belly extend into your hand. And then on your exhalation, Follow with your awareness, your breath back up and out through your nose in your own pace, depth, and rhythm. Here we go. Great. So seated comfortably, eyes open, closed, or soft focus. Following with your awareness, your breath coming into your nose, down your trachea, lungs extending into your diaphragm and belly like a big balloon on your inhalation. Really feel that extension. Following with your awareness, your breath back up and out through your nose in your own pace, depth, and rhythm. Stay with that manner of breathing. I'm going to keep speaking. Feeling the rise of your belly in your inhalation. Flattening of your belly on your exhalation through your nose in your own pace, depth, and rhythm. Letting your thoughts come. Letting your thoughts go. As thoughts come in, acknowledge them, let them be, don't engage. Bring your focus back to your breath, following your breath into your nose, trachea, lungs, extending into your diaphragm and belly like a big balloon on your inhalation. Following with your awareness, your breath back up and out through your nose in your own pace, depth, and rhythm. Stay with it. You are your own witness to any thoughts, conversations, interpretations, or meaning. For these few moments, just breathing and being. Giving the busy mind a rest for a few moments. Rise of your belly on your inhalation. Flattening of your belly on your exhalation. 
And while you're breathing in and out, take a moment and notice how you're feeling right now. Notice how your body is feeling and notice any sensation or the absence of sensations in your body. Just notice. Now notice your emotional state, the state of your emotions. And notice your state of mind, your state of thought. And when you feel ready, come back, open your eyes. And then if you would be so kind and just share how you may feel right now at the completion of this short practice. You know, the breath is an amazing thing. Um, I feel better than I did at the beginning of this podcast and I was not feeling too well. Mm -hmm. And at the moment, uh, that released um, I, I, I have been a fan of breathing exercises since I have been taught those in those early meditation meetings that I, that I, that I attended. Uh, one of the tools that I <clears throat> tend to coach is the four by four or box breathing. One of the two, four in, hold, four out, exhale, hold for four. And just keep on doing that four thing just to redirect my my energy. And uh yeah, all of a sudden I feel better. Mm -hmm. One of the powerful things about the breath is without it, we wouldn't be here, that's for sure. Uh yeah. you can go days without food, you can go days without water, but you cannot go very long without breath. <laughs> A minute or two, maybe some people if they practice six minutes or something. But no, that type of breathing where we're bringing the breath down in the diaphragm and extending the diaphragm behind the belly requires our mind to think, to physiologically do that. And for most yeah. people, we can only do it for about three breaths before our mind goes squirrel, you know, busy in yeah. the but the longer you do it, the longer you can stay with just watching the breath and being in the breath consciously and watching the thought without the total felt sense of the thought. The parasympathetic breathing is a distraction for a moment, the pause for a moment from the busy mind. And so that's one of the powerful things about that particular type of breathing. Um, and if you keep, if you do, if you do 10 belly breaths like that in the morning before you get out of bed and then watch your day, the typical things that might get you like traffic or somebody at your work that kind of gets you going, you'll notice yourself start to rise up emotionally and energetically. And then you can just flatten that out and just not let that get on you because you can notice it much more quickly. Just try it. I will. One week, 10 belly breaths before you get out of bed and watch how quickly you can come off of when you have those, you know, those, those yep. moments. Yeah. That, uh, you know, uh, one of the other practices has been prayer and medica meditation for me in the mornings. Ah. Well, that's something I start my day with every day. And, 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 you know, I get a new guy and I ask him to do that. And you'd think I'd asked him to run a marathon every morning or something. Uh, <laughs> but the deal, I said, just trust me. Okay. And I don't care what you pray to. It doesn't make any difference to me at all. Uh, and if you, in, and in meditation, I know you got this thought of a guy sitting on a cushion with his legs crossed, uh, chanting ohm. 
nails. And you can do that if you want, but just the stillness, the the starting my day off with that pace and that stillness, because uh as I as I recovered, I looked back on my life because most of what I see is in a review mirror. You know, I don't I don't see me very well today. I think uh Elizabeth's spoke of that about not seeing ourselves very well. Um, mm. uh, I was more like the Tasmanian devil when I left the house, you know, I was shooting to the shower, shooting by the coffee machine, shooting out the, you know, and, and then I carried that pace with me the rest of the day. And as uh, I start my day with this different pace, then I get to carry it with me the rest of the day. And I become uh, unmess withable at some yeah. level you know there's uh it. That's nice. it, it doesn't yeah. but uh the but what you brought to me and and it's not it's not new but it's new to me uh today is the expansion of the diaphragm down into the belly to actually deep breathe that and come back out so i'm definitely going to start uh utilizing that in my morning practice and if yeah. anybody ever, ever says, Dan, well, what's the difference, Dan, between praying and meditating? Well, praying is speaking to God. Meditating is listening. Yeah, right. Yep. Exactly. So there you go. Okay, got it. Yeah. We have so, so many next. guys come in with such a, you know, that if I was going to say what's the biggest block is that whole spiritual thought thing about the G word or the J word, or uh, we've been so traumatized. So many people have been so traumatized by by getting that beat down our throats that uh, I find that's one of the biggest hurdles I have to uh, deal with is that like when, when I'm talking to you about spirituality, you are not thinking about what I am thinking about. <laughs> you get right, to... Right. You get to do your own thing here, and it really does. It does, I am convinced it doesn't matter. It doesn't. It doesn't matter the label you put on it. Exactly the label. Yeah, you got it. The yeah. story. Yeah. The story. Yeah. Yeah. So we are all earthly and heavenly beings, and uh, back again to that life-giving energy. You know what? When we speak about the connection of the sexual with the spiritual. We wrote a book several years ago, which is called Sexual Enlightenment. And it's this juxtaposition of the sexual with enlightenment, which usually they usually don't go together. Just like sexual and spiritual, they belong to different places. The sexual belongs into the bedroom. The spiritual belongs into the church, the synagogue, the mosque, <laughs> the temple. How we look at it is that each of us is this temple in our physical body, and we have an aspect of earthliness and heavenliness. You know, we are both matter and we are energy frequencies. Sure. And so that we can actually tap into ourselves, listen to our sexual physical self and to our spiritual self. So they can support each other, communicate with each other. So our consciousness communicates with our sexual desire self. And, you know, the sexual desire self gives us a lot of juice in life, you know, which is the passion. And, and the sexual 
physical in that sense can then inform the spiritual. It's not that one or the other is more important because we are both simultaneously. Hmm. The question is, how can I be aware or become more aware of both dimensions so that they can dance together instead of, you know, cutting one out or say, oh, I shouldn't be doing this or the sexual is sinful. I mean, the sexual is that energy, again, back to that has brought us into this life. And so our work is very much focused on assisting people in reconnecting and reintegrating the sexual spiritual self because there what's available is again this deeper unity and wholeness and so when we speak about sexual meditation it is about cultivating this practice so that i through that breath that we are just had the pleasure to be guided in by Freddie. You know, we cultivate that breath because the breath is the carrier of energy. Without breathing, we said it earlier, we die. So if breath and energy go together when we die, they must go together when we are alive. And we employ this in the tantric practice and the sexual meditation is a meditation that comes out of the tantric practice where we learn to witness our wonderful sexual life force energy and that feeling that orgasmic feeling that you know enlivening feeling pleasurable feeling and we can breathe that sensation up into the heart we can learn to breathe it up into our third eye into our consciousness self and then on the exhalation send it back down so our consciousness self connects and imbues our sexual pleasure self and so then this is a dance and this is a practice that can be cultivated um, we need to practice the breath we need to practice to become aware of our sexual energy excuse me also our aroused energy and not just get swept away by it which may be wonderful and freddie can talk more about this particularly for the men yeah i want to say if i could uh, it is different for men and for women in the practice of learning to harness and work with our sexual energy in a way that opens something up beyond the wonderfulness that it already does uh, as a meditation. So for guys, we start out, it's like, there's two emotions that are okay for guys socially, and that's fucking or fighting, right? right. But, but being intimate or being weepy or being, uh, you know, nurturing, that's not like, you don't do that. That's not guy stuff. Even though we have those feelings, it's just not socially acceptable. But, and then for women, um, you know, and, and also for guys, we start feeling in our penises or our lingams, which is the Sanskrit term for penis and means wand of light, much more endearing than dickhead, right? <laughs> and so in the tantric practices and all the variations there are, and we're Tantra Nova, Tantra New, so we're integrating Eastern approach and Western approach to transformation. Um, it, the primary eating is for men to learn to separate ejaculation from orgasm. And 
that for a lot of guys is all they've heard about Tantra. Oh, I can last longer or I'll be a better lover or it'll be something spiritual. But that and yeah, what you do in the practice of learning to do that will inform your lovemaking. And in a meditation aspect of it, in learning to do that for the man, he begins to separate the the addictions that we have around. Is it too big? Is it too small? Is it too long or too short? Is it this or is that love, uh, possessiveness, jealousy? Um, you know, all of that's it's loaded. I mean, the sexual piece is loaded. So when mm-hmm. we start doing some of the practices to learn to separate ejaculation from orgasm, which will allow one to not just last longer, because a lot of guys can do that. It's learning to circulate what we call this orgasmic nectar consciously to the heart, on up through with your partner. And then that becomes like a microcosmic orbit where you're actually circulating that orgasmic nectar, not just waiting for that three second orgasm, but playing with the edge of the sword of that. And that's a whole nother ether, man. It's like, that's a, a sexual meditation that's beyond the beyond. And it's, yeah. it's attainable to anybody in a body who's willing to just put in a little bit of effort learning some of the mechanics of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it touches on that. Uh, <clears throat> it touches me to think about it because I can remember at times of having these whirlwind encounters with somebody, you know, and that's not a one night stand that does that. That's a, a connectedness and intimacy with an, with some one person and, uh, and getting there, but not really, you know, what, what I think about is that I really was educated to a point to be able to like cultivate it all yeah. the way. Yeah. And most folks aren't, I mean, it's not something that's common knowledge. You know, we don't get as much as we learn about everything else. The sex thing is kind of like, here are your ovaries, here are your testes. This is your piece. Kind of good luck, you know, good luck. That's it. Yeah. (laughs) Go figure it out. Yeah. We had a youth program for a few years here where we were working with younger people, like going right in, going into their puberty, you know, and we weren't teaching them so much the sexual stuff. But at some point, three days into this two week program, I would take the guys and I'd have them in a room, you know, and else would have the ladies, the girls. And I'd say to the guys, okay, we're going to put together as a homework practice for you guys, uh, all this, you know, meditative breathing and muscle work together and exercise. So I say, so, so by show of hands, how many of you guys masturbate? Nobody raised their hands. Uh, I'm all liars. Did I masturbate? They all laugh and raise their hand. So I talk about, you know, I use this puppet and show them how to, you know, do the process of, you know, staving off the ejaculatory process. And so they go home that night and they're supposed to do this and not ejaculate. So they come back. Oh man, I didn't know I could do that. It lasted so long and it blew my mind. And I believe these are going to be better men as they grow older and become mature because now they won't just be run by the erection or just get into sex and have a baby unconsciously or take advantage of a woman because they can't quote control themselves, you know? Uh, So that's the stuff. That's the kind of learning that you, you wish that every, that was just part of the curriculum. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because it's, it's, you know, uh, it's undereducated for sure, for damn sure. You know, uh, I was, I was playing around in those categories way before mom and dad had to birds and bees talk with me, you know, they, uh, right. and, 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 and I fully understand it. My too. I have a 18 year old daughter and 20 year old son. Oh. And, uh, and I, and, and I know I'm, uh, I've done, more because of my recovery on being open with them and talking to them and creating an open environment that we can talk about things. 
but it's so taboo you can see that they don't want to talk about it right you know it's a it's a it's a such a weird subject you know yeah tough tough to touch on yeah 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 and so of course we teach this to adult men so freddie teaches an all men's workshop called men's sex and power where he works for two full days with guys and part of that workshop is not only to expand their emotional expressions and capacities and willing to feel, you know, the range of emotions, but also how to connect more deeply and channel their wonderful testosterone life-giving energy so that they can support their physical well-being, their emotional health, their mental focus, and connecting to their spiritual self, and in the process learn how to forego ejaculation, because every ejaculation for men is a tremendous depletion of life force energy. This is why men want to rest afterwards, you know, uh, or, you know, zone out in front of the TV. There's a disconnect if they are with a partner, there's a disconnect with a partner, not that a man wants to get disconnected. It's just a biological thing, mm-hmm. energy left. And then it takes a little while, less for the younger men, more for, an, you know, men growing older and uh, to so- be replenished. So, but it is not only essential for the men to mature, for a man to be integrated between his sex or become integrated between his sex and his heart, which is cultivated through that sexual meditation that he can do by himself, or we also teach it uh, in partner work where there is one giver and the receiver. And in this particular ritual, the man is the receiver, the woman or the the partner of them is the same with same-sex couples. Uh, the partner is the giver supporting him and through touch and through coaching breath. Of course, it takes on a new dimension doing this practice with a partner than doing it by yourself because when we are by ourselves, we are always more in control. When a partner is giving to a man, then that really calls this man into being open to open up, to receive, you know, and that can feel vulnerable, you know. And so this partner practice, we call it the Lingam ritual, you know, Lingam, the magic wand, the wand of light, the penis, that is that ritual, we call it Lingam ritual, that can open up whole new spaces for men. And this doesn't take the place of your mutual lovemaking stuff, all the quickies in the morning or whatever else we do with sex. This is a particular ritual practice that's designed mm-hmm. to open things up in other areas of your life. And as I say, it will inform your lovemaking as well, all of the practice pieces that go to it. Um, but yeah. anybody in a body can get this, man. It's wonderful. It's good yeah. stuff. I really yeah. want to emphasize that, you know, we you spoke about yourself, Dan, in terms of your own evolution, you know, and uh, the recovery process for you that really has opened up whole new possibilities. Right. Including what difference you can make in the world, mm. you know, and impact 
assisting other people in living their life to the fullest. Mm. Um, so that for a man to mature as a human being and as a man, uh, is that is a key dimension of that integration of sex with heart. Because when he can channel his wonderful life force aroused energy into his heart center, his heart opens up literally and he, Heartgasms. he becomes more present to himself you know it's not just like oh i have to let go of this intense feeling in my magic wand i can you know be with this and stay present to myself then he can bring this to his partner so most women when they want to connect they start feeling it in the heart center and Freddie mentioned earlier, when a man wants to connect, he starts feeling it in his sexual center. There's nothing good about it and nothing good or bad about it. It's just how it is. So when we want to connect, we both want to connect. He starts feeling it in his sexual center. I start feeling it in my heart center. We want want the same, but we come from different loci. I come mm -hmm. from it comes from the sex. So like two ships passing in the night. So through the tantric practice that is then, you know, learned through sexual meditation, the man breathes up from his sexual center into his heart. That channeling that energy, that sexual energy. When his heart opens, I can feel Ooh. it. Mm. And my heart opens. And she can trust. And when my heart opens, sexual my sexual center much opens. easier. Yeah, makes perfect sense. Yes, and the sexual center of a woman is called yoni, y o n i in Sanskrit. So we have the lingam, the wand, and we have the yoni, the sexual center of the woman, which means sacred space, much more endearing than you know the clinical name uh, vagina or all kinds of not so pleasing words for her so the wand and the sacred space you know it's they these words mm. are hearing they they you know really elicit a kind of honoring yeah so so then also when we are connected like this we have a circuit and it's all about circuituity, both within, just as we did it with the breath earlier, breathing up and breathing down, you know, when we were breathing into the belly and then back up, where the energy moves through us, I said earlier, energy moves with the breath. We then can also do this with a partner, you know, so that we breathe in together, he breathes up into my heart and then we breathe out together and it moves down and then we have again the circular motion and when we do synchronized breath together after a short while it feels like we are becoming one breath mm -hmm. art you know so there are very particular practices for couples to connect not only in the bedroom but also in everyday life to have this connect heart connection because that is where everything opens up from once we can start letting go of some of our stories and some of our beliefs we can really see the connectedness that's that we are to everything 
you know, that's one of the things that starts to open up in meditation, as you know, if we start to see that I'm no different than you, we all are from the same energy, you know, yeah. our stories are a little different, but once we get past our egos and our stories, it's just, I'm you, you're me, and we're all connected, you know, it's all connected, everything. Yeah. And has proven that out. Um, so, yeah. So that's what we've been doing, man. That sounds super cool, you know, and I just, uh, I feel honored to have because, and, and my listeners will probably get, I don't know if they get tired of me hearing me say this, but to see these, to be introduced and to see these folks and meet them that are a force for the good in the world. Uh, because if you watch the TV and you listen to the radio, you can think that this place, you know, is ready to crash and burn at any moment. Uh, and, and I continue to be introduced to people who are a force for good in the world. So thank you both for that. You know, uh, Bill says in the big book, there's another line when he's talking about our sexual inventory that, uh, we all have sex problems. We'd hardly be human if we didn't, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, and, and he addresses that. And I think that was very brave of him to do that back in the time that, 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 that book in 1939 was when that book was, was released. And when I work with men, uh, <clears throat> especially, uh, subsequent trips through the steps, because we, you know, you go through the steps and you kind of get the monkey off your back. But mm-hmm. the point is, is to continue to do that. Uh, on an interval so that you keep right. the house clean and you keep the computer defragged and that. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's uh, it got me thinking that my focus a lot lately has been when a guy's through it, when, you know, he he's okay. He's not on the cliff ready to jump off anymore, right? He's a year or two sober and he's getting his life together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's in a relationship that I found myself focusing on that, particular piece of it of his is his sexual needs being met where are you know because because when we do this work we become bonded and we become he knows i'm a safe place to talk freely Mm. and and so and that's a tough place to talk about right that's a especially with another man right because uh your ego and all that is all wound up in it and uh and to talk about you know are you how how's your sex life buddy how are you mm-hmm. doing there? And, uh, and, and I thank you now because I have some new tools. I always say my toolbox can't be full enough. Yeah. Uh, I, I that toolbox as full as it can be. And I can right. new tools to a wise man knows a person knows that they can always learn something new. You know, right. uh, the thing is, is that cause like, you know, we were talking about men and how we are so verklempt are, you know, uh, strung in, in terms of our emotional, breath but in the sexual piece is one of the one pieces where we can be open and loving and vulnerable and receptive but if we're still stuck in one dimension of the sexual like to drive towards that orgasm then that's not really expanding anything so these practices can be a real assistance in what they're learning from the big book as you say you know and to bring that relationship together you know to where that they you know that's a you know I know for a fact that there's so many, there's a wall in between so many of my friends who are coupled that, that there's a wall in there and, and to collapse that wall, uh, one of the, one of the places is, is in their intimacy with one another. And and it's more, and as you said, it's not just sex. It's not just the act. It's not that necessarily. Uh, but to drive that out, drive those blocks out of there creates a better, and, you know, 
at some level, my feeling is, is that, uh, you know, these people, as a result of sex, they have children. <laughs> and uh, those children are going to become much more healthier children when their mom and dad have that kind of relationship. And that's actually where my where my heart is uh, more so today is that, you know, if you two adults want to screw up your life, it's OK, but don't mess with him or her. You know, let's let's give them all that they can that they need to in order to come to uh, to mature in a in a in as healthy a matter as they, in a healthy a manner as they can. Yeah, that's that's Makes a, me tear up a little bit. <laughs> you know, it's, it's really wonderful to think about the children and the, and the moving forward of, of the lineages and, you know, how we can play a part and make a difference there. Our book, by the way, is on audible. So people like to multi awesome. you can do that. Um, I'm an audible file, man. I, I am hitting a hundred books this year right now, yeah. uh, listening to 100 books. Uh, and uh, my goal this year was to listen to a hundred by the end of the year and, uh, I beat my goal. That's great. Yeah. Cause you could be working or working out or doing anything and just still getting the information. I'm a huge fan of it. You know, I know some people can't seem to, you know, we're all wired a little different, right. You know, and different things. And some people can't, and maybe their work life, um, let's say if you're, if you're looking at a lot of words while you're working, it'd be tough to absorb them. Right. If your job involved reading or numbers or something like that. But, uh, my job, I, I have a wood shop in my backyard where I do custom woodwork. And when I'm not doing that, I'm out handymanning for people. And, uh, and the two channels can, exist together and i can like i tell people some guys say you're not really reading a book when you're doing that and i'm like well i could write you a book report you know you want you want me to prove it to you and i'm blessed in uh with a manner of life that allows me to absorb the books while i'm working with my hands uh, and i do I, I i almost sometimes wonder my sponsor uh, my wonderful sponsor is a man that walked into my life back nine years ago, and and he is in May going to celebrate forty years of sobriety, and uh, and golly man, that relationship between him and I, and to have that man to man, that's another thing. You know, we we're we're kind of focusing here on a little bit of the man and woman relationship but it's been so important to me to have another man in my life to talk to and to be able to be free there's another line in a big book it says uh you 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 must be honest you must be com entirely honest with somebody to live long and happily mm -hmm. and i got this guy in my life he also works in the field he's a substance abuse counselor at a local treatment place here so uh well, i always like to give him the Get in, and and I know he listens to every single one of my podcasts. He's my maybe my biggest fan. Uh -huh. uh, he loves that we have these conversations that open up beyond what like uh, just stopping drinking and drugging. That's not what it's about. That's just a piece of it. Mm -hmm. uh, it's what we're going to do with our life once we get that under our belt and 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 become uh, uh, as you know. I probably stole it from him. Become what we can be on this trip on this big blue marble. <laughs> That's beautiful. So then, uh, what about if we just um, share with the audience, you know, the the gift we have for them? Absolutely. Be okay. Um, so, out of the conversation, we thought it could be really useful to have 
uh something that could support you everyone who is listening today in how to start practicing this sexual meditation that we talked about so we put a class a video class together that is called an introduction to sexual meditation and i understand it's going to be in the show notes the link is that, is that yep, I, I can do that is that was in them is that information in my email Yes, yes, I send it to you this morning. So towards the later end, I can resend it. So the the video class, the gift is uh, the introduction to sexual meditation, where people can actually learn practices, the breathing practice and how to focus your mind and so there are different practices in that class that you then each of you who is listening can put to work and bring into your life then also if you as a listener are further interested in learning about tantranova you can reach us at www.tantranova.com uh, that is T-A-N-T-R-A-N-O-V-A dot com, Tantra Nova, the new Tantra. Yeah, I also see that in my as your name on the in the participants column here. So I don't have to write it down. I got it. Great, good, good. great. And then, of course, what Freddie said earlier, the book Sexual Enlightenment available on Amazon, both in paperback and also in audio format. Man, I love that it's on audio form. Uh, I don't know what it is, but I, I I grew up as a reader for some reason. I, my grandparents had lots of books in their attic, in their mm-hmm. attic, and 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 I love to sit up there and read. But for whatever reason, today I cannot sit and read anymore. You know, if it doesn't come in that, I I will. But I, I struggle with it. So thank you for making that a part of a. Uh, available. Putting it on audible, making that audible version available. Personally, thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much, yeah, Dan, you. for having us today. You're very welcome. I thank you both. It's been a joy. And like a, when I sit there, I don't know, 15 minutes before the podcast, I was thinking, oh, man, I'm not feeling good. And, and now I feel good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, hold on, where'd it go? I haven't sniffled in a while either, so I think we're working. Yeah, yeah. This, uh, there's something about this medium that I found. It raises my vibration every single time I do it. There's a guy coming over going to tell his 12-step story at 6 p.m. in a couple hours tonight. And wow. uh, and uh, it just is, uh, it just lifts me to, to yeah. hear a guy come here and tell that story and to do this stuff where we're talking about, you know, yeah. uh, making, making lives better. Yes. Uh, and just frankly, you know, golly, is it not a topic among everybody I know is their relationship with their significant other and the, and, and frankly, the, the lack of intimacy or the, the troubles, the struggles and that kind of thing. It's a, it's a common thing all the time that I hear. I'm blessed that, that higher power sends me lots of people to help. Mm. And, uh, and I get that opportunity, uh, to do that, to play that role. I think higher power every day allowed me to, uh, to have this, a role of, of helping other people 
be better. And this um, sexual relationship stuff is just like broken record player. It's just all the time. It's, it's, it's a problem. It's loaded. It's everywhere for sure. Well, thanks again. Mm-hmm. Yep. Thank you all. It was great meeting you. Awesome. And, uh, this will come out Sunday morning at 5 a.m. I always do my, uh, I put out new content every Sunday morning at 5 a.m. Wow. So uh, wherever you want to look at it. And I do want to make sure you okay if I put this video portion of it on YouTube too. Oh, Absolutely. yeah. Absolutely. Good, 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 good. So it will be both of those places uh, Sunday, a yeah. week from today. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you so much. Keep right. up the good work, man. Good yeah, work. you so, as well. Thank you very well. much. We'll do. Have a good evening. You too. Thanks, Dan. Bye.